Hi, welcome to Better Words. My name is Caitlin and I'm just a bookish babe. And you're finally joined again by Michelle from the Unfinished Bookshelf. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I'm back! Yes, Michelle is back. We're very excited. Um, we haven't actually recorded an episode since the middle of October. Yeah. And it's like the end of November. <laughs> we pre-recorded a lot, obviously, because you've been listening the past couple of weeks. And we hope you really enjoyed them because we tried to pick some really cool people. Yeah, like our, our best friend Indy. And, and Lucy. Yes. From Queen of Contemporary or Lucy the Reader or, yeah. you know, whatever. Who I also met up with on my trip, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later this episode. Yeah. And um, we had our Fantastic Beast discussion, which is so is a little bit timely to mention again because we know the name of the second movie, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Which sounds great, except... The movie's going to be all about Johnny Depp and that makes us <sighs> a bit annoyed. In light of Harvey Weinstein, I just think... I mean, if they can do... If they Forget can, Harvey Weinstein. In light of Kevin Spacey well, and Ed Westwick, who has been fired from things, why not Johnny Depp? No, like, <laughs> if, if you can take... Yeah, a movie where Kevin Spacey is the leading man and it was meant to come out in, like, what, six weeks or something yeah. and re-edit the whole thing to take him out. Exactly. Why would you have... isn't supposed to come out for another yeah. year. But, like, he shouldn't have even been the first one. Ugh, just don't... somewhere... I, I wrote this somewhere in one of my groups that I'm in and someone was like, oh, I wish he would just turn back into Colin Farrell and I could not agree more. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. He oh would be great. I wonder if Colin Farrell is actually going to be in it... Mm. Um, at all, like mm, disguise, just, like Grindelwald. Can we get rid of Johnny Depp? Oh, anyway. no, but like, like <laughs> movie storyline. That is like an interesting <laughs> point because we do already know that but there is becomes, no Percival Graves. Yeah, how does he? Yeah, you know, oh, I don't know, but I just don't care about Johnny Depp, and I'm just annoyed that. Mm. I'm really good. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. Um, but no, we're very excited to see all our faves again. Tina, Newt. Oh, Queenie. I love Queenie. I hope Jacob comes back for a little bit too. Yes. I'm pretty sure he's confirmed. I don't know. Like, um, I'm trying to picture, you know, that poster thing that has been like all over social media with like 20 people in it. Which we'll link. Yeah. I can't remember (laughs) if Jacob is in it right at this very second, but he probably is. But Credence is is in it. Yes. Yay. And Zoe Kravitz, because she's Little Strange. Who's also with... um, Newt's brother in the photo, like very close. Oh, yeah. Is that why? Is that why? Oh, we were friends at school. Oh, you had a crush on your brother's girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, that's adorable. So, um, before we launch into it, who's playing his brother? I can't remember. Because Jude Law's Dumbledore, and that was really good. Oh, he looks really good. So good. Really good. I had no idea what they were going to do. Pretty much just rehashing the episode. I had no idea what they were going to do with Dumbledore, but I think Jude Law is a good choice. Perfect. Anyway, go listen to that episode if you haven't already. And Yeah, um, and then come back to this one or yeah. just, like, listen after. Yeah, don't, don't stop – like, stop listening but then come back or keep listening and then go back. Yeah. Whatever you do, come back I mean, to this we also episode. have, like, a Harry Potter episode. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of great episode. ones that you should go and back listen. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the other big thing that happened – Apart from the whole overseas trip is that this week, in fact, this weekend, I moved house and it wasn't just like a normal, okay, it wasn't just like a normal moving house because I moved out of home for the first time properly that wasn't just going to university 
and I moved in with my partner and he moved out of his house. We've bought, like, got a new house together. We didn't buy it, sorry. Um, we've got a new house together and we've moved in together, um, which it's is really exciting. exciting. It's so exciting. And the first thing like, I saw, Caitlin came and saw the house today, which is where we're recording in our new little podcast studio, which is because, my office. Yeah, she had an extra room, so yes. we have a podcast studio. And I finally, for the first time, like all through high school, I did my work in my bedroom. This is the first time I've ever had a separate office, so I'm so exactly. excited. So Michelle's got a little study to keep working on her masters, and we have a podcast studio. It's so, so exciting. like at the moment, she's got this beautiful desk and like one of her smaller bookshelves, and there's like. A photo of us on the yeah, because no, don't that's what I'm gonna say. Caitlin bought me a little housewarming present, which was this really cute little article that funnily, like the university that Caitlin went to did it in their university alumni magazine. But our newspaper has an agreement with them to print stories if they like the story. And as soon as Caitlin told me that, I was like, well, of course, my workmates are going to use that, aren't they? Of course they? they are. I didn't even know and that so it was going to be. I knew that the uni had published it. Um, I didn't know that the paper had picked it up until someone I worked with was like, nice photo on the paper. I was like, huh? What? <laughs> but um, So we're going to link that. Yes. Link but that it makes complete sense. Obviously, Michelle works there. I know a lot of yeah. people that work there as well. They even credited the photographer who took our photos without checking, probably, because they good. would have just known yes. that it was her. <laughs> yes. And she also went to the same university as you. So yes. that was a nice little thing. So that was a really cute little housewarming, which is going to be on my shelf there to remind us our first little, it's our first media it's, file. Exactly. <laughs> it's our first, like, media clipping. Yeah. It's very exciting. Yeah. Maybe we should print the one that the uni did on their <laughs> website as well. Even so, though it's the same story in the same. But Before anyway. we launch into my trip, um, Caitlin, what did you get up to while I was away? Oh, well, um, <laughs> I did have a couple of things that I wanted to mention. So uh, we talked about it a bit before, but um, we're both into musicals. We've mentioned this many times. Um, how we met. Yes. I was actually in um, a local production of Les Mis, um, which was performed while Michelle was away, so she didn't get to see it. Um yeah, so I was – it was an amazing show to be in. We had so many compliments, standing ovations for all performances, which has – like, I have never experienced that for any production that I've been involved with, cast or crew. And, yeah, so that was an amazing feeling. It was a very fun show. If you know anything about Les Mis, yes, I was a prostitute, <laughs> <laughs> which was just, like, so much fun because – Lameis is one of those shows, if you've done any sort of theatre or, like, plays or drama classes or anything, a where classic. a lot of the scenes are just kind of like you're wandering around. There's no, like, big choreographed dance numbers or anything. So you're just kind of wandering around, like, while the leads are, like, doing their thing at the front. But because of that, it meant that the show really was different every night because, like, if you happen to walk past <laughs> someone at, like, a different time yeah. or something like that, and even though we all pretty much did the same thing, you know, if you end up, you know, if you get a bit caught up with someone else or something like that, then, yeah, it changes every time, which made it a really fun show to do. And we um, should just say if there's any 
I don't know whether it'll come through on the recording, but if there are any like bumping noises or anything like that, my partner is like unpacking or something downstairs and I can just hear all this thumping and I don't know if it's coming across on the recording. Yeah. The whole time I was talking about lameness, you Michelle just like, is like making faces like, hmm, what's that noise? <laughs> I just tried to push through it. Because you know. one of us is a professional and one of us isn't. Yeah, take a guess. Um, <laughs> So yes, the other thing, main thing I wanted to mention is actually something I only did today, but um, the oh wait, I know place it is. Will, yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh my lord. No, um, for those of you who don't know, all um, play school, a completely iconic and amazing, like kids show. You're so if you're if you're in the UK, it's like our version of Blue Peter, and I don't know if Americans have an equivalent. Yeah, I don't know. Like a, it's like a kids show. There's like story time and everything like that. And obviously, like and they do all Australians stories. will know yeah. what play school is because it's been going for fifty years. It's been going for more than fifty years, actually. Oh. The fiftieth anniversary was in July last year. So um, they had like a big exhibition in like Sydney or Melbourne or Canberra. Like I don't know, but the point is, is there's like they've got bits and pieces that are sort of obviously it's a smaller version of the exhibition, but it's traveling around the country. And it's in Rockhampton, which is where we live. Do you have Big Ted and Little Ted and Jemima? Yeah. yeah. What were the other ones? Humpty Dumpty Humpty is the other main uh, one. Yeah. But um, they had other... They're the toys that they use for yes, the story they're, time. They're like stuff. the main character toys. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it was so good. But um, there was... I'm just going to talk about it as if you know what it is because <laughs> if you don't, you won't care anyway. Look, just go Google But like, it. oh, there was like the windows that were built in the 70s. Come inside. They had the sorry. Yeah. They had the three windows that were built in the, <laughs> the 70s. story time, like the square window. Yes, the square window, the round window, and the arched window. Because the diamond window was only added in like two thousand. So I remember watching the diamond window, but I was there with um, my aunt, and she was like, "The diamond window." She was like, "I hated the diamond window." <laughs> <laughs> because she was like, "I saw that when you were a kid," and she was like, Ugh. "It's like how we react to bananas in pajamas being like." Or even as much as I love the like the wiggles and everything, Mm. I'm not. It's every time I catch myself saying like, "I don't like the new wiggles. The yellow wiggles are girl, whatever." The feminist in me is like, "No, it's a good thing." It's not because she's a girl though. It's just because it's different wiggles to what we grew up. I wouldn't care if they were all girls now. They're just not. It's not our wiggles. They're not our wiggles. Yeah. But um, it was really interesting. They had, like, TV screens, so and we watched – they had, like, different eras of play school that you could click on and it would, like, show some clips. So we watched, like, our era and myself and my sister were, like, open. Like, we were, like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, like, happy. And um, they played, like, some of the – like, a clip with, like, our fave, Justine, like, oh, and, um, like, the animation. I still love Noni. Yes, Noni's the Noni. Um. But, yeah, so they have, like, the animations that they do for, like, the stories and, you know, like, I'm a little teapot, short and set, like, all those, yeah. like, nursery rhyme songs and stuff like that. Um, and <laughs> then I watched the, um, like, the, they had, like, a clip from, like, the first episode of Play School, mm-hmm. like, what? 1966. Oh. Yes, so, like, the original, like, hand-drawn animation, obviously. Like, wow. the, there's a bear in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, so... Is clearly, like, I would 
be very surprised if this wasn't the clip from the first episode because, like, you would think that that would be the one they show because, like, yeah. the theme song played and then there was a woman <laughs> hanging out, washing on the line, and the man comes up. Because that's what women do. Exactly, in 1966. <laughs> and then a man comes up and he's like, I'm Jason. I don't remember his name. And she's like, and this is Deanne. And, and she's like, hello. Doesn't even introduce herself. She's oh introduced God. by the man. And then of he's course. like... Deanne has been doing some washing up for our dress-ups tomorrow. And he's like... Because I'm busy being a man. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, oh, but this one looks a little, like, worse for wear. And there was, like, holes in it or something. And um, and then he was like, I know, let's sing a song. <laughs> that top place was like, a, I know, let's sing a song. I mean, that's exactly what it's like. This is not the bit I'm judging. The bit I was like, you know, in 2017, me even, it wouldn't have been this bad when I was watching it in the early 2000s. Um, but in the 60s, it was like, oh, the woman, I'll introduce the woman while she's hanging out washing, and then I'll sing her a song about being a woman hanging out washing, <laughs> where the first line was like, oh, we're so happy and gay. And I was like, <laughs> I had to close it out. I was like, I can't keep watching this. I was oh like, love play school. So glad you've grown and changed. Yes. Um, actually, I have a funny play school story. I was actually, the thing I thought of afterwards was like, well, They've always had, like, a man and a woman as the hosts. Yes. So, like, the first episode wasn't two men or anything. There was always a woman there. No, because that but was it was, wrong, Caitlin, in the 60s. The, but, <laughs> well, that possibly, but also... Oh, What also, was a woman doing caring for the children and hanging out the washing? Just while we're on that, too. Yes, Australia voted yes. We're so oh, excited. Yes! <laughs> Yay! We're so yes. excited. Yay, we did the right thing, Australia. Yes. We're so happy. Politicians can do the right thing now. Yeah. Anyway, I have a funny play school story. Yes, go When on. I was little, I was obsessed with the um, the thing at the end where you could, like, wave goodbye to the bear. Oh, yeah. And I used to cry. When if, they'd go back inside, like, the door. Yeah, yeah. like, it's the closing credits. And I used to cry if it didn't happen. And, like, sometimes I'd fall asleep and then the news would be on and mum would be like, oh, it's, it's finished now. And I was like, don't get to wave goodbye. Yeah. So she had to goodbye. she had to like record that bit. So if I fell asleep in play school, she could play that for me wow. and be like, "You can wave goodbye to the bear now." I was only like three or four. Yeah. I don't remember this. She told me that. So oh, that's cute. Yeah, I thought of something else that I want to say about play school. Part of the exhibition had like the clocks, like the hickory oh, clock, and, and the rocket clock. You can make a rocket yes. clock. Yes. yes, and um, they also had like a a flower where they used to do. Like, you know, what day is it and stuff like that. They don't do that on the show anymore because streaming has made it redundant. Because if kids watch it on ABC iView or on the Play School app and they're watching it on a Wednesday and then the show says that it's Monday or Friday, like, because we used to watch it obviously like on the day, on TV, like on the day. Yep. And I was like, what? That's so sad. sad. But, I mean, the show is incredible successful and they've done so much stuff Lovely to be play like school. to like to be in this age Ugh. you know there's and play school apps it's, yeah like you know they'll still all be relevant have like spin-off shows because there's more channels now and mm. like it's obviously still really relevant and really um impressive which is amazing here's to another 50 years yay. play school yay <laughs> okay now the fun bit begins i get to tell you all about my trip yay yay <laughs> Yeah, I didn't okay. really do anything else while I'm sure was away, except for well, actually, manage our whole podcast. Yeah, because. thank you, Caitlin. Let me just say to everyone that I've not thought about this podcast basically at all for the last four, for five weeks, 
And Caitlin has just been such a blessing. So thank you. Thank you. You've been wonderful. So yeah, it's like usually on all our social media and stuff like that. It's pretty it's much both it's, of us. it's a mix of both. Um, but yes, obviously I didn't have to I didn't want Michelle to have to worry about it. That didn't stop me from messaging her and being we like, What should we call this episode? And we had a few <laughs> things, but it wasn't like it was wasn't it was anything major. Dramatic. Yeah, no, it was wonderful. Except thank for you. that time when we forgot to record an intro before we left. Episode with Emma yeah. and Sarah Taviani, but that's yes. okay. Oh also, I'm currently wearing Enchanted Rose nail polish from Bottled Books, and it is awesome. And honestly, by the so. time by the time this even goes out, like there They've might not be so well. there might not be many left. Like, get in quick. Go buy it as soon as you listen to this. Go look up Bottled Books. It's really it's incredible. running out the door. Incredible quality nail polish. Like it's pretty chipping now, but like I painted my nails like. A week and a half ago. Speaking of which, did my nail polish arrive too? Yeah, I ordered yeah. them together. I, know. I well, thanks, meant thanks to bring it over <laughs> this afternoon and I forgot. Sorry. I can't wait to paint my nails. Actually, I probably wait till I've finished moving everything because they're just going to get chipped. Yeah. Anyway, so. Um, Michelle I UK, 2017. Went, <laughs> went to the UK. Um, only made possible by the fact that um, a really lovely friend that I made through book blogging and through the UKYA Twitter chat um, invited me to stay. So massive shout out to Jasmine, who hasn't even listened to this podcast yet. What? <laughs> it's okay. She will. Jasmine. Um, Jasmine. So um, we've probably we've definitely mentioned her oh, before. Heaps of times. Anyway, <laughs> um, so massive shout out to her and her housemate, Morty. Um, they were both so welcoming and welcomed me like literally with open arms to their house in Oxford. And it was just beautiful. So um, my first, Oxford was my first stop. So gigantic flight over. It's about like 21 or 22 hours all up that you're in the air, um, 14 hours to Dubai and then seven across to London and then on a train to um, Oxford. Um, so my first day I checked out um, some Harry Potter locations. Yay! <laughs> um, I actually couldn't look at all of them I couldn't go in to the Bodleian Library because they were hosting the Book of Dusk launch for Philip Philip Pullman's new book which Jasmine works for David Fickling Books who was one of the publishers so she said come with me to the Bodleian and like she went to her event and I organized a tour um but you could only do one part of the tour instead of two it would usually take in the library as well so we went to Duke Humphreys Library which is the inspiration, partly the inspiration for the restricted section in the first. Ooh. So the, um, it was one of the first, like, proper collections of libraries, I think, from what I understand. And the books are chained there because they were so oh. expensive and rare at the time. That's so cool. It was really cool. So that's where the idea of the chaining the books came from. Yeah. Um, and they um, have so many thousands of books at um the Bodley and it's absolutely amazing um to be honest I didn't do as much around Oxford as I could have mainly because when I was there I was hanging out with Jasmine and kind of living life pretending that I was living there and also that first day um it was really cold and it was raining and I was still a bit tired and I'm really sorry if you can hear my dog barking in the background that's Percy by the way if you like pugs go follow Percy Puggers on Instagram (laughs) Um, he's, he's just, adorable he's and barking in the background. Size. 
Although his eyes are getting more normal. Anyway, that's another story. Yeah. Um, go follow him on Instagram. Stalk him on Instagram. And yeah, see the eyes he's, he's pretty cool. Um, so I didn't really do that much. Um, and I actually just went and got a bath bomb and had a bath because I was feeling really tired. Um, and then that happened to me too when I went overseas yeah, at the end of last year. So, I slept for like my first day and a half. Well, like I got up on time and like didn't, but I had a nap in the afternoon. So I kind of got into the routine, um, straight away. Um, and then the next day I went to Bath which is close to where Lucy, who we had on a podcast a little while ago, lives. Um, so we met up in Bath, which was cool. really exciting. It's a beautiful place. Very um, Lots of, like, Georgian and Regency architecture. Um, so, like, the big sash windows. And they've got these two really awesome places in town. That One's the circus, and it's literally these houses are in, like, a perfect circle it's That's beautiful. Awesome. And then just up the road from that is Royal Court, Royal Crescent, sorry, which is a crescent of these Georgian houses. And one of them is a museum. You can go inside and I, I went inside it and you can kind of see how they would have lived back then, um, so the cool. Georgian stuff. And um, it included a lot of, like a lot of men back then were into like exploring. It was about the time, around about the time Captain Hook um landed in australia so they have they would collect a lot of like maps and memorabilia and all that sort of travel related stuff um so that was really interesting we went to a little bookshop there and i can't remember the name off the top of my head i'll try and research it and see if i can because it was raining and i just didn't i like otherwise i would have taken a photo so we just like rushed in to this really cute little independent bookshop and if i can think of the name and find it on social media we'll link it um, then we went into the big border stones there, um, which is where I found my copy of the Philosopher's Stone, which I bought on this trip because as Caitlin and I've discussed in the past, something Caitlin did, which I wanted to do too, was collect editions of the Philosopher's Stone. So I collected the edition that like practically everyone but myself hates, which is, I think, the lovely illustrated copy. Um, they usually come in like bright pop art colours. But this is a hardback version, so the front it's like page black and white is black front. and white. Not hot pink. I like the illustration. The one you got is actually well, quite nice. because it's Yeah, because the white. front is black and white and then the spine is hot pink with um, the blue writing. And so that was my Harry Potter gift. And then um, it was just raining a lot. So we had a little bit of a look around and um, once Lucy and I split up, I walked back. Um, past a couple of nice parks it was really gorgeous so odd to go from Australia or central Queensland in particular where it was really dry when I left um, to something so lush and green and beautiful Um, and I walked to I had a look inside Bath Abbey really really gorgeous architecture and then right next to that is the Roman Baths which obviously is what the town is named for Mm. Um, to be honest, I kind of sped around them a little bit because there was a really annoying group of like French exchange kids or something. And I was just like, oh, they were so annoying. So I just kind of sped through it. And like, I just didn't get like, I'm not sort of person who can stand there and listen to the audio guide. I was like, come on, it's raining. Let's just go and look and do this. Um, so I haven't even downloaded the photos from that. That's like part of the trip that I didn't put any photos up on Instagram. By the way, if, if you want to follow the things that I'm talking about here, um, check out my Instagram, the underscore unfinished journey, 
which we'll link to as well, but that's where I put like all my travel photos. So if you want to see what I'm talking about here and, and I'll continue to slowly put them up too. I'm trying not to bombard everyone. Um, but Bath was beautiful. Um, the Roman baths are amazing. It's incredible to think that um, they were built during Roman times and that yeah. would continue. That is one thing that I really, really um, not shocked me, but I just found really amazing. Um, obviously I haven't ever been to the UK or Europe, but, um, at the end of last year, I went to Cuba and to Mexico and just walking around, especially in Mexico city, like, and a couple of like buildings and stuff. We went on like this walk and a couple of buildings and everything and reading things about them. And these buildings that are not considered old necessarily are literally older than our country. It's literally more history in my B&B in Scotland than what's in our country. And then you've got to factor in the fact that in Australia, the places that are older are places like Sydney, Melbourne, Tasmania, Adelaide as well. Mm. We live in a place that probably... It, exactly. When was it, Rockhampton even settled? It, really, it was really only settled, I think, during like the gold rush in the late 1800s because we live near Mount Morgan, which is where yeah. there was a big gold mine. So the town really only started around the 1800s. Yeah. The Bulletin Building and the Criterion Hotel, so I work for the Morning and our old office and the Criterion it's Hotel the next to it, they're building. the oldest buildings, basically. Yeah. And that's so, like, and actually, the cri- no, like, actually, I sorry, I got that wrong. The Bulletin Building, I think, is 1920, but the Criterion yeah. Hotel, I think, is the oldest, and that's the late 1800s. So we live in a very young part of Australia as which well. Which is also very young compared to the rest of the world. Yeah, exactly. So which it, is... it was incredible. And... No, even when I was leaving London, like, that was still blowing my mind. Mm. It's it's so – I think if you're from Europe or you just – if you're anywhere that's not from Australia, like, it's really hard to understand how shocked we are by the amount of history yeah. that you guys that, have over there. Is that, yeah. That Go, don't take it for granted. No, don't. <laughs> Go visit a museum. <laughs> like, that any country has. And even just, like, these buildings that's like, oh, yeah, this is from, like, 1500s. Not yeah. super old. And we're like, no one it even is. knew where Australia was then. Like, and, like, no one obvious, the obviously, knew. we have an amazing history with our Indigenous populations, but uh, a lot of that also is centred outside the cities that were then built by settlers, yeah. by the white settlers. So it's a very different sort of country and it's, it's so different to go to the UK where it just blew my mind. Yeah, anyway, exactly. so... Um, after that first Sorry, week, you were up to Roman <laughs> yeah. Bath. yeah. So after that was kind of all I did in Bath, and then um, we, Jasmine and I, a few days later, just had a few rest days, and then um, one of the days I went to Bletchley Park as well. Oh, which, if you've watched the Bletchley Circle, obviously that's a brilliant show. Must recommend for any crime fans um, or the Imitation Game, which was about Alan Turing um both that's a wonderful movie as well Bletchley Park has always really fascinated me mainly because it was a secret up until um I think that people could talk about it in the 70s but really not a lot was known about it um massive code breaking effort there it basically shortened the war by I think two or more years saved hundreds of thousands of lives and also interesting, a lot of the work was done by women too. So it's a very, like, it's a yeah, <laughs> it's a really cool thing to, like, this was where a lot of women did a lot of amazing things. Obviously a lot of men too, but it was a chance for women as well to show their skills, obviously, when we couldn't be fighting on the front. Um, so 
that was great except that I had like the most hellish day because like I got the wrong train and it took me like four hours to get there because I got the wrong train and then to get another train and it was just crazy and by the time I got there it was nearly closed I know I know <laughs> Um, so it was, it was like close to closing and Bletchley Park is huge. It's absolutely massive. So I didn't get as much out of it. I definitely have to go back. Um, had a few rest days after that. And then the big trip, Jasmine and I. This is like the most important part of the trip. Went to Liverpool. <laughs> oh, it was so good. Okay, so we had the cutest Airbnb. Um, and our hosts were so lovely. So if you're going to Liverpool, hit me up and I'll let you know who the Airbnb was because they were brilliant. Um, there was like a little attic room so and it had an ensuite, so we were totally contained from everybody else. Um, they were a little bit out from the city though, but we were like, whatever, we're on holidays, we'll just pay for a taxi. Um, the nightlife in Liverpool was amazing. I did not expect it. Um, there's like an Irish pub on like every corner Cool. because it was the first port that people from Ireland would come to. So it's got a very strong Irish connection. Um, and yeah, it's such a great vibrant city to go out with, even though bloody Storm Brian was hitting. Um, so for people in Australia, that was basically like an ex-tropical cyclone or like an ex-tropical low. Didn't even know that that was happening. Okay. Yeah. Um, I did because it was raining cats and dogs. It was so gusty. There were like literally at one point we were out in the street and there were just broken umbrellas strewn around <laughs> that people like and our umbrellas nearly went. Um, so it was unfortunately because so of that. Ex tropical cyclone. Well, so it was just it's basically storm. like the, the an ex low. So it's like higher winds than usual. A lot of rain. It kind of moves over like a low would move over the coast. Right. Um, uh, there were – it was quite gusty wind, like very gusty, but it would come in kind of um, waves and bursts, yeah. yeah. Um, so unfortunately because of that, I didn't get to see as much of the outside of Liverpool as I would have liked. I really wanted to explore the docks a bit more and stuff, but we were basically confined to inside activities. Just another reason to go back. I know, exactly. Well, I asked Jasmine what her favourite city is. She was like, I love this place so much. I love it so much. And – I have to agree, Liverpool was beautiful. The people were so amazing and so friendly. It's got to be, like, one of my favourite places to go. And as a young person, like, I can really highly recommend if you're looking for something, like, cheaper than London and still got a really vibrant nightlife, great shopping, it's it's a really good place to go. Like, don't knock it off your list just because you think it's either Beatles-centric, which it isn't. There's a lot of other stuff there or you think it's just all industrial because – Again, it's got it's got a really it's got to like three universities, so it's got a really young student population oh, as well. Cool. Yeah. Um, so but now onto the Beatles stuff. Well, before we get onto the Beatles stuff, something oh, that okay. I didn't expect, which we ended up spending a good like maybe two or three hours exploring, was the free Merseyside Maritime Museum, and that takes you through the history of the docks there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's all free. Um, so if you're not enjoying it, you can just leave. But we kind of what they've built underneath it's all in the docks and then what they've done in the basement is built kind of like a ship and the streets as they would have looked so you walk down like this dark so you get a real sense i've got some photos which we'll obviously put on the facebook i'm sorry the um podcast page we'll try and put as many photos just well not as many because 
follow my Instagram for that, but I've got a couple specific photos you can put in, cheesy tourist ones of me. Um, but they had like barrels set up and like posters that you would have seen for like ships to Australia and stuff like oh, that. Awesome. And then you could walk through. So it was very interactive and you really got a sense that, and because it was built in the dock storerooms, it was really like the ceiling was really low and curved and it was very atmospheric. And then one of my favourite parts of that exhibition as well was um, an exhibition they had on about with all the things that have been seized from customs. So all the bizarre <laughs> things that people try and bring in. So firearms and like illegal animal skins and stuff, like all yeah. the bizarre things that people try and smuggle in. It was amazing. So that, that was, was really so cool. Um, so that was really surprising. We spent a lot of time there um, and we also went and looked and this was really um, kind of emotional. Uh, we looked at the International Slavery Museum because being a port as well, it was also one of the main places for the slave trade. Um, it was just harrowing mm -hmm. to see these people being treated worse than animals and like they were not human and it was just so sad to see the illustrations and the photos that they had also to see um as great as Liverpool is you've got to you've got to know that a lot of the the wealth of the buildings and and the city was built on the slave trade and um they gave you a bit of a rundown of the people um who worked for abolition and stuff in the city and those who were against it and the street names as well um like even Penny Lane um obviously famous for the Beatles song, but named after, and look, this is right, I can't remember if it was a pro or anti-slavery person, but they went through, it, they had a little thing where you could see what the names were named after and how it related to slavery. Um, and then also it obviously then went into quite inspirational. It also did a, had, a, had a segment on the Ku Klux Klan in America because obviously mm. this looked, International Slavery Museum, it took a wider view than the UK. Um and they had some really horrific footage on there of the civil rights movement wow. and the, the riots and stuff. And then it went on to more inspirational stuff, like these are people who've done amazing things and um, had some inspirational stories too, but it was still pretty confronting stuff to see. And something that I mentioned to Jasmine um, was that they're so outright in saying this about this racist practice, which obviously it is, but what I was saying is in Australia um, – we are not quick to acknowledge racism. Um, it still causes a lot of, I don't know how to describe it in the community. I, like I know yeah. our listeners are, are not going to be those sorts of people, but um, it's still a thing like I'm not racist, but, and yeah. you guys know what we're talking about when we say yeah. that because. I've often thought that some of yeah. that, again, has to do with our such short history. Our, and the fact that our history is so racist. Like the yeah. fact that to, to colonise a country like, is so racist and we're not yeah. yet past that and point a lot of, of acknowledging that. A lot that. of other countries obviously have had very similar things. But it happened but it was earlier. so much earlier. Yeah. And yeah. we have some horrific stuff that was happening yeah. like in the 60s, which yeah. is not that long ago. And also there was slavery in Australia too. Yeah. Um, which is something that you don't often hear about and – so I think it was just interesting to see how they look at their things as opposed to how we treat things. Mm -hmm. um, although, oh, disgustingly, I did see 
in some parts of the north, I'm not going to say where, but I did see some gollywog dolls. Oh. I know. And I was like, it's 2017, isn't it? Not like 1975. What the hell? surprising, actually. I I mean, my... Mum and her brother had gollywog dolls when they were a kid, and like yeah, I've seen but them. Not gonna, but, but it's not on sale now. Exactly. Like I, I think know. I think my mum still has them purely for they were childhood, childhood yeah. toy purposes. She knows that they're not good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a bit of that was a bit of a shock. So I was like, oh sale. my goodness. Yeah, that was really weird. Um, and it wasn't just one or two either. It was it was that was weird. Um, but Liverpool. So okay. Beatles. Beatles. <laughs> Beatles moment. Um, the Beatles Story Museum there is really – so it was really interesting because Jasmine knew nothing about the Beatles, um, literally was like, I couldn't name a song from them. And me. So, of course she could. Oh, no, she couldn't. Really? Jasmine, do write in and let us know if you could name a song from the Beatles before – I think maybe Twist and Shout, but they didn't write that. That was a cover. Anyway. She Okay, so love like this basically song. she knew nothing about them. Um, which was great I mean, because we really a lot had since being friends with you, yeah. but I would have been able to name a Beatles song before. But we really had a contrast, so I was a bit worried because it's like I don't want to go all crazy fangirl and her not enjoy it. But we went to the Beatles Story Museum, which is the main museum at the docks there at Albert Dock, and um, it was it was incredible. Uh, just like with the docks before that, I was describing how they've built things um and kind of they've done the whole Beatles story literally takes you on their story so you walk in the first part and it's like a museum and they've got you know photos of John Lennon as the quarrymen like how they formed basically mm-hmm. and they've got like George Harrison's guitar and stuff but then you walk into this room and it's done up like um the Reaper Barn in Hamburg like the old streets of the 50s with the flashing neon lights, like the red light district and where they where they played a lot of shows. And then you walk into the Liverpool version of that with the Cabin Club remade. Um, obviously, like, again, this sort of thing. We'll post some photos so that you can see what I'm trying because I'm not speaking very well. I've had, like, no sleep and my partner and I slept here on a mattress on the floor last night and we forgot to bring pillows, so we slept on rolled-up towels. So I'm very tired. Um, but it, they had built, they've replicated everything. They've replicated the hotels that they used to, um, sorry, the pubs that they used to drink at. And then when you listen to the audio guide, you, you actually, it's not just looking at some museum piece. You are literally there and you're walking through their story. You walk through the the office that Brian Epstein used to have. You walk through a replica of Abbey Road Studios with the little thing overlooking it and everything, you walk through a replica aeroplane of the time to represent their trip to America. You walk through and they've got the remade Ed Sullivan thing. It's it's incredible. That's insane. Of course, as they get into the more psychedelic stuff, they have like a giant yellow submarine. Um, and then awesome. And then as you finish and they've split up, you have um, four circles representing the four of them. And then once you end in the middle is the work of Lennon and McCartney, like a little bit about their songwriting. And then once you walk past that, you walk into the white room, which was a replica of where John Lennon filmed the Imagine video with the white piano and the white windows and stuff. So it really is an experience to go. And even if you've only listened to a couple of their songs and you don't 
know them that well, you'll enjoy it as much as someone like me exactly. who's done so yeah, much. Such an interesting like, story. No matter to be how honest, you are. I probably didn't learn anything new, but it was so cool to be there and to like soak up the experience, listen to it all again. And, and really enjoy Oh, they had a replica cabin club, of course, like in, they've got the outside but also inside oh, where you could stand and they have like, oh, yeah, it's full on How crazy. How many like statues of them are like in every single one of these scenarios? Well, no, then they're, they're, like they don't have statues of them. They oh, do, it's just the room. So you're there and listening and you can kind of picture everything. Oh, okay. So, so they don't have, have like weird wax figures no, of them no, or anything? No, okay. no, no. <laughs> Um, speaking of statues, the one thing I didn't get to do in Liverpool, which I'll only have to do next time, mainly because it was atrocious weather, was I didn't find the giant statues of the Beatles walking along right. the street just because it wasn't anywhere where we were. And like I said, the weather was crazy. So it wasn't, you weren't able to like go search for them really? Yeah, it just, the weather didn't allow it. Um, so that was a, a full on day. I also needed to go shopping after that because my boots broke. So... <laughs> So we had a bit of a full-on day um, and we decided not to go out that night. We just ate and went back and stuff. The next day was our tour of John and Paul's childhood homes, which I was really looking forward to. Um, Again, a bit worried Jasmine wouldn't enjoy it. But again, both of us got a lot of enjoyment out of it. Jasmine learning stuff for the first time. Me learning stuff I didn't know. Yes. Yes. Lots of lots of stuff too, Good. like heaps. I've I thought I knew, but with that, they the National Trust are the only people you can go inside the houses with, and you literally get a full hour inside the house. And they, our tour guide Steve from memory for Mendips, which is in Menlove Avenue, um, in quite a nice suburb where John Lennon grew up. Far from the working class hero, he was actually quite middle class. His house even now would be worth so much money like not just because he lived there but like it's a semi-detached in a really nice suburb they had um originally there were tram lines running down the street but they got pulled up and a median strip with like trees was put in but that's so unusual for the time like a lot of um british places just have really small streets with terraced yeah. housing so it really was quite a standout and our, our guide, Steve, took photos of us all out the front because photographer's not allowed inside. And then he literally told the story from the front gate, took us through and be like, and this is where this person would come in and this is where this person would come in. And he introduced all the characters in such a vibrant and fun way. I just cannot praise him enough. He really gave such a good performance but so informative and, yeah, would be like in the kitchen and be like, now you can imagine this. And he'd like tell you everything now it was a it was a squeeze being in the house with all the group but what when you learn about john how john's was brought up so there was him his aunt and his uncle plus three cats and a dog plus um they rented out rooms to students so when he told us that it was actually quite nice to be like okay it's really cramped in here and then when you start thinking about that you're like well this is how he would have lived it would have been really cramped yeah, there would have been a lot of people around yeah so um, you get a real good sense of it. You you get taken through the other rooms and learn more about a bit of each of them. And then you can walk around for a bit, see John's bedroom, um, go upstairs, go in the porch where they used to write songs and sing. Um, and, yeah, like I felt like we got a really good time there. Then you're taken around the road. It's only just up the road. It would have been a short bike ride for Paul to his house in Portland Road. 
which was quite different because it was a terraced house. Mm-hmm. It would have been rented council housing at the time. Um, it had a little alleyway to the side and a little red door. And already, like, the difference I felt between the two was really just a feeling of when you go into a house and you know that it's been a really happy, loving home. Mm. I think um, John's aunt loved him a lot and showed that love by doing things for him, like working really hard to raise him in that style of living and to make sure he had a good education but she wasn't affectionate, whereas I feel like Paul's dad was the opposite. He was really affectionate. They were they were a bit poorer but it was a house that, yeah, that had a lot of love in it even though his mum had died and he was probably his dad was probably trying to make up for that fact. Mm-hmm. Um, the cutest thing in that house was above the doorway is a little sign that says, um, in loving memory of mum and dad, Mary and Jim, which is the sign that Mike and Paul, so Mike is Paul's brother, had made to put in the house to remember their parents, which I just thought was so cute. And apparently Paul still visits and Mike still does too. Um, in that mm-hmm. house was, I've, I've seen a lot of photos of Beatles, but photos I'd never seen before, private photos that Mike had taken. He was quite the amateur photographer. They've put them all up around the house so that you can see how closely they've matched everything. So like to the right of the fireplace is a photo that shows John and Paul sitting to the right of the fireplace with their book open, wow. just working on songs. So it's really, they really bring that to life. And again, our guide there, who was called Linda, gave us such an informative and enjoyable and fun and funny tour. Just took us all out and be like, this is this bit. And they relate it. They tell you things that and be like, and this is, you know, makes an appearance in this song and this is probably why he. So there's this bit in this song, When I'm 64, which Paul apparently wrote for his dad, Jim. And there's a bit about um, will you lock the door? And apparently um, Jim used to lock the the boys out and if they were out past that time they couldn't get in the house so they used to have to like shimmy up the drain pipe <laughs> and there is a port there is a photo inside of Paul halfway up the drain drain pipe <laughs> so they're just little things like that so that was like the best thing ever I loved it so much and then that night we also went to the cabin club and uh, a couple of other places for drinks and a place called The Alchemist, which made the craziest cocktails. They were literally <laughs> like science experiments and they put like dry ice in it. Oh, and awesome. I know, it was so cool. Um, the cabin was amazing just to know that it, even though they rebuilt it, a lot of the bricks are the same um, and they really tried to keep the original atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Would you like to explain just while we're on this that you're like, oh, they've rebuilt it. Why didn't you ever go to Abbey Road, Michelle? (laughs) I just like this story. (laughs) First of all, when I actually looked at the tube map in London, it was a bit out of my way and I tried to group all my touristy things in one place so I could walk to them and wasn't wasting all my money on fares. But also, like, the crossing that everyone uses now is repainted a few metres down the road from the original crossing. So I was like, well, I don't really want to go there and... It's just, it's so touristy. I just feel like it's what people do when they don't really, like, that's the only thing they know about the Beatles. So I did the tours of the houses instead. And Caitlin's, like, pissing herself laughing. <laughs> I just love that. She's like, oh, I mean, it's iconic. That's why it's very well known. But um, I do kind of hear what you mean about it being one of it's those, the, like, it's the, that, like, real Beatles fans are like, oh. 
But it's it's I'm, kind of like but, tacky, like it's got the lights up. It doesn't look like the original. It doesn't even look like the one on Abbey Road cover. Like it's got the safety lights up now, which obviously you have to have because it's still a roadway. Yeah. I just it didn't appeal to me, and it was really far out. But like, well, not really far out, but it was away from. I grouped all my other things. So when I went Together. to yeah. the British Library, I did. I was like, what else is around there that I can walk to? So that was all in one. All understandable. I just love that you're like, oh, well, they've repainted the crossing a few meters down the road, so it's not actually the same. See, like, if I knew that and I was like really into the Beatles, I would probably go and then like walk across the road a few meters down and be like, here's where they were. Oh, anyway. But I, I know just you'd to bring be, that but up. But you would also do stuff like that for Harry Potter. No, a hundred percent. Okay. Well, I'm getting to the Harry Potter stuff. So after Liverpool, um, I went to had a few more rest days, I think, and then I went to Edinburgh, um, which was beautiful. Another place where I was just like, yes, I could live here. I could move here tomorrow. It is so so gorgeous um it was amazing to walk out of the station and literally there were bagpipes playing and I was just like so Scottish (laughs) it was brilliant I loved it I love bagpipes um so that was actually really gorgeous my B&B was so beautiful it had one of those ginormous sash windows and went like it was huge um it was just incredible looked out over the garden with all the autumn leaves and they had like a little Scottish terrier and I was just like ah so cute um and I saw like squirrels and stuff and that was my first time I'd seen squirrels and I was like oh I got so excited when I saw a squirrel in Mexico City I was like oh my god squirrels oh so cool um so yeah Edinburgh was like the first day I got there was surprisingly sunny so I went and did Arthur's Seat which is this huge volcanic beautiful views of Edinburgh it was amazing and like a rare sunny day which was gorgeous um while I was in Edinburgh I also caught up with um a friend of mine who I used to work with at the newspaper so that was gorgeous to to catch up with her and I went on I just picked a free walking tour I was surprised though that the amount of Harry Potter stuff they included in the walking tour really yeah like I had no idea so they took us to Greyfriars Kirkyard which is where there is a there is a grave for Thomas Riddle. Awesome. And William McGonagall, who was a failed poet, but yeah. is where J.K. Rowling got the name. Because sitting just above the graveyard is the, the windows of the elephant house where she used to sit and write. So she would look over that. And there is also a school right near the graveyard, which, although it doesn't look like it, is sort of the inspiration for Hogwarts. It has four houses. They all compete for a house cup and they used to take in orphans and disadvantaged children, even though it's a private school, they still do wow. that. So she got a bit of inspiration from the way the school runs that way. Yeah. Um, and also my, one of my favourite stories from Edinburgh was um, the story of Greyfriars Bobby. Have you heard of no. that before? Okay. So um, sometime in like some other century, let's say the 1800s, like this is literally what I'm just like, oh my. God, it's so much history. Um, so I think it's the 1800s. They 
bought in new laws and they didn't execute as many people for petty crimes. Now, what had been happening That's is that... That's all right. They only did small crimes, so they should die. So those criminals, their bodies were being donated to medical science. Mm-hmm. And in those days, to become a doctor, you had to do a public dissection, which was fine because they had hundreds of bodies. Yeah. That's fine. Because they were just executing people for stealing loaves of bread. Exactly. Probably. So they had all these bodies mm-hmm. and that was fine. Once they stopped that, obviously, the supply of bodies dwindles. Uh, so people start, the, the medical school there start offering money for bodies and saying, we'll pay you. To die? No, not to die. Oh, like they offer money to the family to okay. donate their relatives. I was like, shit, they're just going to kill me. It wouldn't have surprised me. Which was, a, it was a huge thing back then because the money meant they, a lot of people could pay off debts, but also being quite religious. Anyway, so what people started doing, more unscrupulous people, Scrupulous or unscrupulous? I can't remember. Which one is it? The bad sort. (laughs) The bad version of that word. The bad sort went and started robbing graves, fresh graves. So they'd sit in the graveyard, see where bodies were being buried, note that down, come back, dig that body up and go and get the money. Ah, It's very clever. Anyway. Like the day of the the day. Yeah, exactly. Like it's a fresh body. Um, so then they were like, okay, we need to get some police in here. They got a person to patrol the graveyard, but it was quite dangerous. So they're like, you need to get yourself a guard dog. And they were thinking like a proper guard dog, like a big dog. He got a little Scottish terrier <laughs> called Bobby. Now I'm really sorry. I can't remember the name of the actual police officer, but after two years of having Bobby, they were quite well known in the graveyard. This guy died. I think his name was John. Let's just call him John. John died. Right? Yeah. Now, because this little dog had known nobody else, he didn't know what to do after the funeral. So he followed them and he just sat at the graveyard and sat. Yeah, and just sat there and just would not leave the graveyard for the next 16 years. Far out. How long did this dog live? Oh, sorry, it was 14 years. The dog was 16 and he died. Now, in that time, um, the city of Edinburgh were going to like, crack down on all these stray dogs and everyone was like oh my gosh what about Bobby and they were like no no that's okay we'll give him the freedom of the city so technically the dog could vote before women could oh my god I know and the dog was entitled to a state funeral this is the best so they were did the state funeral for him when he died and they were gonna bury him in the graveyard then the church was like hold up there you can't bury a dog in this consecrated ground but the flower bed at the front of the church isn't consecrated ground, so you can bury him there. So they did. And technically he's still in the graveyard. Yeah, like, te- like he's only a little bit from his owner. And then in the 80s they finally got like a proper marble headstone for him and children come and leave sticks for the dog. So there's like a little pile of sticks on oh there. Oh, my God. It's the cutest. So I have some other really cool stories from Edinburgh, which I will tell you some other time but that was like one of my favorite and the the grave the gravestone says let his loyalty and devotion be a lesson to us all and I think that's a really good motto to to think about so that was gorgeous and um it was (laughs) sorry just to my partner playing with their dog I'm Percy (laughs) um and yeah it was cool to like hear all the Harry Potter stuff too Mm -hmm. I just wasn't expecting like I wasn't expecting it to be on that tour I knew there was a lot in Edinburgh. Um, so I just walked around a lot in Edinburgh, walked so down the base. street that More they said. Than one holiday in Europe. Oh, completely not I know. Harry Potter. 
Yeah, it'd There's be amazing. Too many places to go. It'd be incredible. Um, so I walked down the street that is said to be the inspiration from Diagon Alley. It was really cool. Awesome. Um, walked down lots of other streets, just kind of got a bit lost, and that was the best thing. Um, and then yeah, it looks like the most <laughs> basic travel advice. Hey, I'll just get lost. Go or walk around and get lost. Get you lost. never know what you'll find. <laughs> it was really fun. You know what I found one time when I was lost in um, where was it? Camagüey, I think. In, in Cuba, what a Beatles bar! Oh, <laughs> I remember you. Yeah, yes. I told you about this before, but yeah, oh just a little Beatles side note. Um, I was we'd walked to this shop where um in Cuba the chocolate factory is in a town called Baracoa, so they have like Baracoa brand chocolate. Mm. Um, and they had um like a natural disaster before we got there, and we weren't actually able to go visit this um city. Like oh this gosh. town. Um, yeah, they had like an earthquake or something there like a month before and we were, they were oh. just still a bit, you know, they didn't need tourists what walking around. We, yeah. We decided not to go. But um, so, but we bought Barracol chocolate like pretty much everywhere else in Cuba. I'm pretty sure I bought you back some. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Um, but we bought some at this shop and I decided to go back and get some more because I was like, I don't know if I'll find it anywhere else. And they had yeah. to this particular shop. So I was just, we'd had lunch together or something and I was trying to walk down and then I must have walked down, like, the wrong street, but, like, just, like, one over. And there was this Beatles bar because the Beatles are actually very popular in Cuba um, because they're kind of stuck in time. But well, yeah, when the Rolling Stones finally went, were able to go in and play there, it was – people were on the street. Like, mm-hmm. it was amazing. That was only, like, last year or something yeah. they were allowed to. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, so the Beatles went – Oh, I, I have absolutely no idea. But, like, there's a few that I did see more than one Beatles bar, like, in other cities. But this particular one that I went into, I walked past um, and they had, like, this big statue of the four of them. And I went in to try and take a photo. And the guy, tried, like, who was, like, running the bar, he was like, oh, do you want a drink? And I was like, no, I just like the Beatles. And I, like, walked around. <laughs> so I didn't, like, have a drink or anything there. But, yeah, I took... I probably have never shown you these photos, but I took a photo of, like, the like statue. I feel like you did. And, like, they had some posters of them, and I was just, like, Aww. it was a bit cool. Yeah. That's so cool. I forget what the bar was called. <laughs> something. I don't know. Probably something Beatles. I don't remember. <laughs> um, well, anyway, sorry. Part of you. my trip in Scotland was going on a tour of the West Highlands. Just real quick. Um, real quick day tour. But part of that... Outlander fans will enjoy this. We went to Dune Castle, which is where they film Outlander. That's pretty cool. And also, Beatles link, where Monty Python's Holy Grail was filmed. <laughs> and I say this is a Beatles link because George Harrison loved Monty Python and he was a producer on the film because he wanted it to be made. Oh, I didn't know that. That's I didn't know that until I went to the Beatles story either. So I lied. I did learn something. Oh, but, yeah, I was like, oh, this is cool. Beatles link. So Dune Castle walked around that. The audio guide is narrated by one of the guys from Monty Python. So oh, that was awesome. fun because he was like, and in this room we did this and then we did this and then we did this. So that was really fun. Oh, cool. um, also just loved being in the Highlands, that seeing lots and lots of classic Scottish scenery. Had a surprisingly sunny day for that day as well, but it was like one degree. So it was very cold. Um, yeah, that was just really fun. If you're going to Scotland, Rabbi's Tours, cannot highly recommend them. Like, I mean, cannot recommend them enough. I can highly recommend them. I can't <laughs> recommend them enough. She's got your phrases. Yeah. Stuff. That's fine. I can highly recommend so them. So after Edinburgh, did you London? No, I went to York. Right. Sorry. So York, 
was cool. Um, I think I didn't, it's not that I didn't enjoy it. I just, I had to walk to my B&B rather than catching a bus like I had in Edinburgh, which would have been fine except that it was, they were very dark streets and I think any woman who's walked on a street alone will know that apprehension you get. Um, add to that I'm in a place that I don't know in a country that I've never been in before. So I was a bit a bit on edge the yeah. whole time um, because – and then on top of that, York is very – it's very circular and the streets are all over the place. So I kept getting lost yeah. and then I'd just be lost and be like, Oh my God, I've got to, like, I don't know where I am. Um, it's dark because the clocks had gone back as well. So by 4.30 PM, it was kind of like dark. I was like, Oh my goodness. Like I just want to get up to my hotel and it seemed very dark and unsafe. It probably wasn't. I'm sure York is so lovely. The people seemed lovely. Just being there by myself, I was a bit apprehensive. Um, while I was there, I went to Betty's Tea Rooms, um, but I didn't go to the main one. I learnt on a podcast, on my favourite podcast, Jules and Sarah. Um, Jules had said, go to the secret Betty's, which is just around the road. And not a many, as many people know about it, so the queues are shorter. Oh. And I got a table a little bit faster, had the most gorgeous little afternoon tea, really like proper English afternoon tea, um, and just had a really gorgeous time. Spent hours in York Minster. It's absolutely fascinating. I didn't know I could be that fascinated by a church. Um, Some of those old churches. It was incredible. Absolutely gorgeous. It's larger than Notre Dame and a lot of other huge European churches. It has so much history. I took one of the free walking tours there. It was literally like an hour and a half tour. He was incredible and so passionate. See, that's the other thing. You could honestly do a tour of like churches. Yeah. So much history. Um, I also did the t- I climbed the tower and looked out over York. So that was really cool. Yes. But it was like three hundred steps up this spiral staircase. It oh was so. Oh, did you sure, did something like that? I'm sure yeah. this church was, was not as big, but we did this in Havana as well. But of course, um, I was there in summer oh, and like what I mean, in snow. real summer. Oh. And when when I went into the church, I was um, I was just wearing like denim shorts, but some lady at the front was like. It's okay. And she, like, gave me a satch. I was, like, not dressed decently enough oh, to be wow. in the church. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. Well, while I was in the church, they were having, like, been, a... It would have been fucking freezing. It was <laughs> so cold. And it was cold in the church, too, so I didn't really take many layers off. Because um, that was the other thing about being in the UK, constantly taking stuff off because it's heated inside. Um, while I was there, there was, like, some, like, old ladies, like, um, Women's Institute, like bake sale thing oh, and they had a little table set up so I just went and sat with this elderly couple who lived in York who were telling like we were just having a good old chat I had my cup of tea oh, I've drunk more tea than ever before on this trip because of course and drink water I just drink tea instead because I forget to drink water because it's not hot so yeah. it yeah that was crazy um and yeah spent like I honest to god spent like three hours in that church awesome honest to god <laughs> Spent like three hours in the church. Um, then the other really exciting part of my trip, almost on par with being in Liverpool, was doing the Heartbeat Tour from <laughs> York. Um, I'm a massive fan of Heartbeat. I've seen – what the hell was that? Just random moving noises going on around here. Um, I've seen every single episode of Heartbeat. I love it so much. So when I was in Yorkshire, I was like, okay, I have to see if I can do a tour. And I – 
got on. It was Best of British Holidays. Again, great guide, small group, randomly sunny day as well. Again, really weird. Um, we went into the North York Moors, which is just a gorgeous area. Um, went to this gorgeous little market town. It had like a little church and the autumn leaves and this little stream running through it. It was like proper English countryside. It was so like a little postcard. It was so gorgeous. <laughs> and then we went to Whitby, which is also the ins- said to be the inspiration for Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's oh, a gothic, cool. The gothic church on the hill is said to have inspired him. Mm-hmm. So I walked the, I think it's 199 steps up to the abbey, um, okay. had a look over the um, whole bay and everything. Uh, whatever you call it, looks it goes into the North Sea and there's like a river. I think it's the River Esk maybe, um, goes in. Anyway, it was really nice. A little fishing village, like really, really cute. Um, they also filmed parts of Heartbeat in there, so the bits that I recognised I took photos of. Um, and I just went and had fish and chips on the pier, which so is British. like, yeah, <laughs> with my cup of tea, nearly got killed by one of the ginormous seagulls. They are not normal size. Like not not our size. Not normal Australian size. How much bigger are they? Massive. They're huge. We're gonna to have to find a photo, a comparison photo. It's mind blowing. If you've only ever seen Australian seagulls, this will blow you. They're like the size of an ibis. Oh shit. They're huge. And there was a great poster. It's so funny because it's like stop the attacks, and then it's like hashtag our food is not their food, oh, and then it had this girl running. But, like, because it's a child that, like, blurred out her face. It's so funny. That's hilarious. Anyway, on the pier they filmed a bit of Heartbeat too. So it was nice yeah. to be there and it was very, very nice time. We got a good two hours, two and a half hours there, which was good. Then we went to the place. We went to Gothland, which was the city of the city, the little village of Aidensfield in the show. And they've still got the 60s garage set up, Scripps's garage, as they did for filming. The hotel is the Gothland Hotel, but on one side they've got the Aidensfield Arms on there because that's oh. what it used to be. And the little shops, um, one of them is still set up with the red, like like a little red grocery store, and it says Aidensfield General Store because it was set up for filming. And out the front of that is a little 60s police car, which I got my photo in front of. Uh, so, yeah, that was really good. It was really touristy, but it's been a bit of a dream of mine to get there. And touristy I, things are touristy because they're awesome. I know. But I didn't – it was, like, a very unique kind of touristy, and yeah. I didn't know how I was going to get there without a car, so it was amazing to be able to do this tour. Mm-hmm. And I specifically wrote to them after I booked them. I was like, just checking. We're still going to get lots of time in Gothland, even though it's um, – the other thing Gothland is famous for is the station, which was the backdrop for Hogsmeade in the Harry Potter films. It's awesome. Oh, my God. Okay, but you're going to kill me because I didn't go down. I didn't Why? <laughs> because I only got 45 minutes and I had to go buy Heartbeat souvenirs and take photos of every place that I recognised from the TV show and it was just a little bit of a walk down and I didn't want to be late back to the bus. It's okay. I understand. Yeah. But I'm going to go there again and next time I'm going to take a steam train and it's going to go oh, into the station. It's going to be amazing. So, yeah, that was really cute. And then I went back to Oxford again for Bonfire Night um, now, in Australia, you'll know fireworks are illegal. Uh, they're not in the UK, as I found out, because they were just going off everywhere. Um, they also <laughs> had a massive... Terrifying. 
It was. It was so cold as well. Um, and they had like a massive fireworks display, best fireworks I've ever seen. Jasmine, we'll post a photo. Jasmine had these little pink mini mouse ears. And um, it was just like, we were all just like, oh my God. Oh, 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 that's so cool. I love fireworks. It was so funny. And then they lit a bunch of fireworks into this gigantic pile of wood that they had for the bonfire and set the bonfire off. Oh, cool. It was amazing. It was so cool. So then we went, just went shopping the next day as well. And then it was London time. London, baby. <laughs> um, so again, a rare sunny day when I went there. So I went to Hyde Park um, and had a walk around there. I looked at Kensington, didn't go inside, but looked at Kensington Palace from the outside. Um, it was really cold. <laughs> I had a lot of different weather, so I'm glad that I packed varieties of sweaters because I needed them all at one point or another. Then the next day I caught up with the beautiful Grace Latter from Grace. Oh, actually, I'm not sure whether her blog is still Grace actually writes or just Grace Latter, but we'll, we'll link to it. Sorry, Grace. Um, so I've known her online for a little bit now and we are hoping that um, you'll get to meet her too through this podcast. Uh, she is a tireless kind of campaigner for sex positivity mm-hmm. and also talks a lot about her, um, her, I don't want to say battle, it's not the right word, but like her mental health journey, I guess, um, and is very open and very honest but also really lovely. So we met in person and she took me to Camden. Hampton Markets. Mm-hmm. Um, we bought some cute little paintings that are cute, not paintings, they're like screen prints on music oh, notes. Cool. But I got like a London bus on the music for All You Need Is Love. Oh, cool. I know, it was so cool. And she got, for her dad, she got um, David Bowie's screen print on um, Life on Mars. Awesome. Yeah, so that was really cool. Um, and we walked around there. It was a really, really grey and miserable day. We went to, I think she said it's Islington Oxfam. Amazing selection of secondhand books. I found some really cool stuff there. And then we went to Waterstones. I'm not sure if that was Waterstones in Camden or not. Um, I think it was. And that was really gorgeous too. I was just at this point like, oh, my goodness, I've got to get all these books home. <laughs> oh, because, yes, while I was in Oxford too, I went to Blackwell's Books, which is one of the oldest bookstores, I think, um, in England. It's really famous. Um, and they've got a picture on the wall of, like, Bill Clinton during a visit, like, when he was president, like, holding a Blackwell's. Like, he's just walking along and they've snapped, like, a paparazzi pic and it's got Blackwell's on it. He just, um, like, went, went book Yeah, he went book shopping. Um so that was really cool. I bought the coolest edition of The Handmaid's Tale there. It's 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 so gorgeous. So it's black hardback and instead of like the, the title is embossed instead of like printed on. So if you like so you can't, angle, it's black. You like can't see it. And it's all awesome. it's got on the front is like the red. It's got a it, like the, the silhouette of the red and the white kind of bib thing, the bib like the hat. Bib hat hat, yeah. hat hat cap thing. And then Inside the cover is red with the same image. Oh, and it's got red pages. And it's got red dipped pages. So it's gorgeous. And I also bought How to Stop Time by Matt Haig, which I'm still reading because it's beautiful writing and I just want to take it all in and have not read a book. I'm not even kidding. I've not read all week because I've been packing mm. and back and forwards and all that sort of stuff. Um, 
So, yeah, by this point I was like, oh, gosh, I've got a lot of stuff in my bag. And actually weight wasn't an issue. It was literally just fitting the bulk in. Like, yeah. I just bought so much stuff. Same. Yeah, so we went um, and had a look around Camden. It was really cool. Then we did King's Cross Station. Yes. Yes. And we queued and we got the cutest photos. Yes, you Which did. you'll find on my Instagram. Um I think they had one Ravenclaw scarf. They had two Gryffindor scarves and one of every other house. And I was like, uh, seriously? Like, really? Could you not have two of every house as a minimum? Oh, I, it really bugs me when people are like, oh, yeah, I'm a Gryffindor. And, like, when I know. You haven't even done the test. That they haven't given it any consideration at all. They just want to be in Gryffindor because everybody else is in Gryffindor. Like, Harry like, and Hermione and Ron are in Gryffindor. Like, my brother is a Gryffindor. But like, I think he actually would be though. He he is like he is mm. a Gryffindor. See, like whenever I was reading those books, I always identified with Hufflepuff. Yeah, and then like Pottermore and all these different things. No, like, I, I I used I, to just want to be in Gryffindor because I was just like, oh, that's what they're in. But like, obviously, I'm Ravenclaw. Well, like no, when no, I no, as no. soon as I did the test and gave it some sort, I'm like, well, yeah, clearly I'm Ravenclaw. The second you give the houses any thought apart from where your favorite even Hermione is like Ravenclaw. Yes, they Gryffindor, say that, Gryffindor, that the three of them yeah. are supposed to be the three houses, but are brave enough to choose to be Gryffindor. Like, yeah, Harry exactly. is cunning and ambitious, like Slytherin, like Slytherin, and Ron is kind and loyal, like a Hufflepuff, and Hermione is, you know, really smart and everything, like, and <laughs> Ravenclaw. So yeah. it's supposed to be like a metaphor that they're like they, all brave and enough. And they chose, they all wanted to be in Gryffindor. They all wanted to be in Gryffindor, and they're all brave enough to yeah. choose Gryffindor. But guess what? Most of the world who just says that they're Gryffindor aren't actually brave enough to be Gryffindor. Anyway. Rant over. Um, Sorry, we did really the we anyway, did the cute yes. little proper touristy photo, and yes, I spent the money and bought the proper touristy photo because you may as well while you're there. Um, so so yeah, that was that was fun. That was my day in London, and then um, that night I went to see Matilda. When I grow up, that's oh. how it goes. Mm-hmm. When what? I grow up, when I grow oh, up. Oh, forgive me, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I'll be tired. Oh, it's so good. I loved it so much. I'm so jealous. Oh, my God. Sometimes you have to be a little bit naughty. naughty. I love that do, 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 do. Um, Huge. I don't have the program in front of me. I have no idea which house it's at because we've been trying to fix things in three different places. But the people who played Mr. Wormwood and Miss Trunchbull, amazing. So incredible. Like, obviously the whole cast was, but they were standouts in that. That's where the comedy comes through. It's yes. through them. They were hilarious. That usually I is why them. people are standouts is because they're, like, the comedic roles. Yeah, you know? like, so like Lola. Like, in, exactly. Obviously Lola is a lead role as well in Kinky Roots. But, like, she's but, funny. But also they put so many little, like, little things in that just – it's just the little bits, yeah. like, the little actions that they do. You're like, <laughs> and it's just like – yeah. Yeah. Is everyone's favorite because oh, he's like, yeah. you're a cab. <laughs> Call me a cab. You're a cab. <laughs> oh, so good. Classic. Oh, I love seeing you. Um, but yeah, Matilda was amazing. I downloaded the soundtrack and have been listening to it on repeat. I love it so much. Brilliant. I'm so sad I didn't see it in Australia because then I could have seen it the second time and that would have been really cool. I know. I'm so disappointed <laughs> I never made it to see it. Hopefully yeah. we get it again. Um, or you get to go to London and see it. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Um, and after that, so I pre-booked that because I definitely wanted to see Matilda. And after that, I just went and bought like cheap half-price tickets for whatever they had. 
um, which you can do in the West End. Uh, and I went and saw The Mousetrap, which is the world's longest running play. It's an Agatha Christie play. And that was really cool. Yeah. I did not see The Killer Coming and that was just a really fun, like, murder mystery. It's really good. Um, interesting because I don't watch many plays. Um, we went to see Dracula together, but it's one of the few plays that I've seen. And so it was cool, again, to see a play rather than a musical. Yeah. Um, and then I went to see An American I I always think I haven't seen that many plays, but I have seen a few. And yeah. I always find it refreshing to see a play over a musical. Just um, something different. Yeah. I mean, oh, I love musicals, but I just, I love <laughs> really? theatre. Yeah. Who would have guessed? <laughs> hey. um, anyway, so after that, I went to see, the next night, I went to see An American in Paris, which was beautiful. Um, if you're not into dancing, if you want a song and dance musical, do not go and see An American in Paris. This yeah, is it's for like people. Musical, this it? is for people who appreciate dance. It's for people who appreciate the beauty of theatre and of music, but aren't looking for that next hit. Bam, 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 like yeah, like a more comedic musical, like or classics. like Grease or something that you can sing along to and you know all the words. No, this is like a lot of a lot of it. Like Caitlin said, is a ballet, and it is. But if you want to see jaw-dropping dancing and the oh, most amazing so performances then go and see it. it's beautiful it's so beautiful and i it's brand new on the west end so i imagine it would be coming to australia at some point in the future um and that's kind of why i didn't go see book of mormon either um not only because it's still on in australia but because the tickets i couldn't get any cheap tickets they were still really expensive so I really, really want to see Book of Mormon. They were like £70 and that's like $140. And I was just like, mm, I got both my tickets for The Mousetrap and um, An American in Paris for like £50. Like together. Yeah, that's One cool. was like 25 and the other was like 30 or something. So it was like £55, which is amazing. Yeah, no, that's really good. Yeah, so and I just was right. like being really stingy. We can go see Book we of Mormon when, when it comes to, to prison. prison. Yeah, which we probably will. Well, yeah, that was kind of kind of it. In London, I looked at a lot of museums. Oh, my God. I forgot the moment. I was like, that's it. That's a... I went to the History of Magic exhibition. Ah! <laughs> I had to, like, convince you to go. Well, it was £17. That's a lot of money for, for a museum. For a museum. But I, um, I was like, also, Michelle, if you are in the UK while this is on and you do not go while it is the full exhibition, I was like, you will regret it. I like I'm glad I went good but I nearly had a panic attack at the amount of people that were in there it was crazy and it did not make it an enjoyable experience like it was cool to go and see all that stuff but I wouldn't say it was particularly enjoyable because there were people like I literally had to queue for 15 minutes to read one thing because people, like, it was it, it was ridiculous. Yeah, and it sounds like the crowd control probably could be. Yeah, nice. because they, they let you in at certain times, but they don't make you leave. So everyone was just clogged up in there. Um, but other than that, it was really cool. So what it is is the artifacts behind, so it would be like books from the 14th century that show a, a basilisk or whatever, like the yeah. real history behind J.K. Rowling's imaginings. Plus also bits from the book that we didn't get to see. So that was really yeah. cool. And, and like, things. Oh, they were like bits and pieces. Like her personal movie. illustrations as well. 
Yes, I think I've it, seen the one. It of... wasn't much from the movie. It was mostly Jim Kay's illustrations and also J.K. Rowling's drawings. Of, like, what she was imagining and stuff like that. Yeah. Yes, because I think I've seen one that has been doing sort of, like, sort of has been released probably in, like, media promotion and stuff like that mm. of, um, who is it? Um, the Dursleys, maybe? No. Oh, that one was good. The, um, the herbology teacher, what's her name? Professor Sprout. Yes. Why could I not think of that? Anyway, yes, there's been one released of her, I think. I'll see if I can find it. I've seen, like, thing. seen yeah. like a video out of it, but it was sort of about how, you know, Jackie Rowling was always like, she just so kind and... Yeah, like, so a lot of these drawings were done before the book was even published. Yeah. This is what's in her head and a little outline of what she thought Hogwarts, yeah, what like, Hogwarts looked like and yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's like bits and pieces. Before she would even imagine that there would be movies or anything. It's really cool. Yeah. So it was it was worth seeing. Um, but what was really cool that I discovered at the British Library, which is part of their free exhibition, is a little section dedicated to the Beatles. So the birthday card that um, for Julian Lennon that John wrote some lyrics on for yeah. I think it, I think it was Norwegian Wood, um, and then another envelope that this was the best bit. This was so cool because the envelope had Paul's lyrics for Michelle on it oh. and I was like oh that's so cute um and some cute little things some more lyrics uh lyrics for um which George Harrison song was it uh, I can't remember which song it was but lyrics for a George Harrison song as well that were on loan to the library um you can see a lot more there like parts of the Magna Carta and Jane Austen's writing desk but it was really late in the day and I was meeting people for dinner so I didn't stick around um I also just I'm only gonna wrap up I'm gonna wrap up London real quick um and share more on what I like a few other things I did later but while I was on my way to the British Library, I also went to Persephone Books and they published all their own books. They publish books by lesser known female writers of the 20th century. Uh, and I just went in there and like all the books are beautiful. They're like grey um, and don't really have a cover illustration. It's all just grey and then inside the end papers are illustrated. Um, and I literally went in there and was like, I want to buy a book as a souvenir. This is what I like. Um, can you recommend something to me? I like World War Two. I like kind of contemporary like novels that obviously that's historical, but I like novels that deal with contemporary issues of the time. Um, and I'm interested in World War Two, but Homefront, not the fighting. And she pulled out like four books and I could have just bought them all. Obviously, I've got a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one I picked, it was called Saplings by Noel Dreadfield. I still don't think I'm saying that right. Uh, basically, pronunciation, better words. Basically, that is a pen name for the author who also wrote Ballet Shoes, which is a very, very well-known mm. book of the time. Now, this is her lesser-known adult novel, but the reason I picked this was because oh, it's not on this copy. On the paperback copy I was looking at, the quote about the book was by Jacqueline Wilson. Oh, cool. And I was like, well... If Jacqueline Wilson says it's good, she was my childhood favourite author. So I was like, oh, I better pick that one then. So that's the book I went with. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to reading it and sharing some photos as well. And obviously I'll let people know how the book is when I think. When, oh my Whenever goodness. you get around to reading it. When I think of it. Oh my goodness, my words. When I get around <laughs> to reading it, you guys will know 
all about it. So that was a quick edited highlights of my trip. And I mean, not that uh, quick. The end. Not that quick because we're an hour and a half in. So you get a bumper bonus um, edition. And over the coming weeks, I will um, share yeah. in intros like things like what I watched on the plane and what I read and what I watched on my multiple train journeys. So I've got a lot Michelle more. was obsessed with the UK version of Netflix. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but oh. we'll get to that later. So thank you very yeah. much. I hope you enjoyed Michelle's little highlight reel. Thank you. Of her, you know, she was over for a month, so yeah. really it is very condensed. Um, I sort of have one more thing I wanted to say. Only like a couple of days ago, I have hit 400 followers on Instagram. Yeah. Which is a little milestone for me. But honestly, this the Better Words account almost has more followers than me. Wait, do we really? Oh my goodness. We, so, I know that. Thank so, you. If you follow us, I thank mean, you. Yes, thank you. If you do follow us, you're awesome, but you should also be following both of us, just so you know. Um, and if and you're Percy not, Puggers and the Unfinished Journey. Yeah. But if you are not, Please follow us on Instagram at Better Words Pod, at Just a Bookish Babe, at Unfinished Bookshelf. Let's get those numbers up because I want 500 by my birthday. <laughs> Which is on the 8th of December, so get cracking. I'm pulling a healthy night, like you said, <laughs> on the lady gang, except her goal was about 35,000. I'm not that optimistic. Um, you are thirsty, though. <laughs> thirsty like healthy. Yeah. Um, yes, so. <laughs> Follow our Instagrams, but also, of course, yes. So follow us on social media at Better Words Pod. That's for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can check out our show notes and everything else at our website, betterwordspodcast.com. You can find this podcast if you need more help finding it, obviously, on Apple Words, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, Libsyn, Overcast. I think I'm probably missing one in there. And I think, as I've said on a couple of accounts, if you're listening on another app that we're not on, let us know because a lot of the times, like sometimes they pull from the iTunes feed and sometimes you have to submit your podcast. So we're trying our best. Exactly. If there's one you use that we're not on, let us know and we will get there. If there's ones that you're listening on that we're not mentioning, maybe let us know because we're probably places that we don't know (laughs) if they do source from iTunes. Because for like a month we were like, we're not on Android yet and we were the whole time. So we apologize to that Android listeners. Yes. We'll get there. We're getting there with this technology stuff. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Leave us a rating and review and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.